Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler, brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Nathan Brennan. everybody out there this is the ticket water cooler and we are uh, happy to be live at uh, double eagle golf uh, i was been waiting for this remote because i wanted to see what the what it was all about i haven't been out to double eagle double eagle golf quite yet it's inside the kinetic sports complex on west o street just behind the red fox steakhouse and man is it cool if you uh, have us on the sarder Heyman uh video stream I've, i'll turn this around so you can kind of see it uh, some of these guys, uh, Sorensen over here is taking his swings. <laughs> we got a few other guys. We got caddies. We got beer. Uh, it's very cool. A lot of stuff going on out here. So uh, there are five different golf simulator bays. Um, very, very cool place. Come check out the newest golf simulator bar in Lincoln. Uh, those five different golf simulator bays, by the way, the most in Lincoln by far. Today they have a long drive contest on the golf simulators. Full bar with drink specials, awesome prizes for stopping by, and food is available outside a food truck from Soulful Cocina. So very cool. Uh, if you want to type it into maps or whatever, the actual address, 150 Southwest 14th Place, Lincoln, Nebraska, of course, 68528. It is, once again, inside the Kinetic Sports Complex on West O Street, and just very cool. Uh, two of the screens being used right now, although I suppose if, uh, if we get enough business, we can kick Sorensen off over here. He's going to try to get 18 holes in, uh, I think, but uh, we'll see. It's, uh, this is awesome, though, so I very much encourage you, if you haven't been out here, Double Eagle Golf today. Um, or or any day would would be great, but we're going to be out here until six. Uh, Nate back in studio. Uh, we we can start making some plans too t- uh, today, Nate, for our fall because uh, some schedule was released today. Um, we'll get to that in a second, but first, how much do you wish you were uh, golfing indoors? I was just about to say, Bach, I'm pretty upset because when we talk about where we're going live on location, a lot of times I'd stay in the studio, but sometimes I am allowed to go. Like when we went to Buffalo Wings and Rings, everyone knows that I am a wing connoisseur, so I love chicken wings, so they're like, you know what, you can go ahead and go eat some chicken wings. Everyone knows that I love golf. I love to play golf. I love to watch golf. I won the pool for crying out loud, and Rico still hasn't paid me, but that's not here nor there. But <laughs> There's a few people that didn't pay it. I know it, it. It is what it is at this point. But I am a little bit upset that you're <laughs> you're over there drinking beer and playing golf. I really can't think of anything better. So definitely a shout out to Double Eagle Golf. I mean, I'll definitely be out there. I don't know if it'll be this week, next week, but I think it's fair to assume that I will be making my way over that way because beer, golf, and inside when it comes to Nebraska weather, it doesn't seem like it gets much better than that. Yeah, you can stay out of the heat. You know, obviously you can come here during the winter when it's a. Uh, uh, you know, when it's impossible to play outside. But even now, you know, staying out of the heat, uh, looks like you can bring your own golf clubs in or they, they might have some here at the base for you. So uh, just, uh, just awesome. Double Eagle Golf again. Double Eagle Golf. It's uh, I can't quite say it. I just, I just want to quickly I know. Say I, I tried to Eagle say it, golf, too, and then it got going. me saying. Also, Craig says somebody yell <laughs> Noonan really loud when Jake is swinging. He'll know what it means. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we'll give it a shot here. He said it won't be affected, though. So, uh, <laughs> he, he knows what it means, but he's not expecting uh, to go down so far. Well, maybe we'll just keep you updated on uh, Sorensen here, as he's he's uh, he's a pretty good golfer, well though. Like I don't, I, <laughs> he's a good golfer. He yeah. is good. I don't know if he's a scratch golfer, but I know that he's pretty close to it. So you're gonna definitely have to keep me updated, Buck. 
He said he's already got a, a, a birdie. He's on hole seven here, so we'll see how he goes. He's on, on to hole eight, um, but uh, he's, he's doing uh, well so far. He just needs to clean up that putt game a little bit. But he's driving well, and uh, you can hear him, him swing. It's, it's, it's quite awesome out here. Uh, again, uh, we will be out here until 6 o'clock, so on the block we'll be out here as well. Um, but uh, before we get into too much more, uh, I wanted to get back to those uh, the, the the schedule release, partial schedule release. We don't know every game now uh, for Nebraska, but we do have a few in mind uh, that we were waiting on anxiously, and uh, we got the answer for them. The big ones, uh, I'll go through the, the, the three big ones that I, as I see it, and then we'll get to a little bit more. Um, but Week 0, Nebraska Northwestern at 11.30 local time uh, on Fox, so national uh, broadcast, like we all expected. That's the biggest game of Week 0. Um, and uh, that's good news because we didn't know. I think uh, in, in Ireland they're six hours ahead, so if they wanted to do an early game uh, or a noon game, a 3 o'clock game, we'd yeah, have to go pretty maybe early. Not so good. Uh, luckily, they're doing kind of a night game yeah. out there in Dublin, so um, it's awesome for us. Uh, you know, 11.30, that's something we can, uh, we can roll with, we can get used to, uh, and uh, the nation will be watching, so it'll be kind of cool. And right after um, that, Bach, heard- right after that, you can watch Illinois versus Wyoming. I know you're going to be staying up for that one. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't have to stay up, really. I'll, but, yeah, absolutely, I'll watch that. Uh, Illinois has got a new transfer quarterback, Brett Bielema, year two. I can't wait to see what Illinois has got going. I think Craig Bull, the former Nebraska defense coordinator, is still at Wyoming. So right. um, lot that, that should be an, a game of interest in week zero. Don't try to be, don't try to be a little week zero to me, Nate. There's no way to do it. I'll, I'll be excited I believe for you. I games. believe you. <laughs> uh, the other big ones, as I see it, we'll get to all of them here in a second. But um, the big, well, the biggest one I think here is Nebraska, Oklahoma gets big noon on eleven o'clock, also on Fox. Uh, of course, that'll be week three for Nebraska. But um, well, actually, Nebraska's fourth game, but week three in the college football schedule. Uh, I, I wasn't expecting any different, uh, but this is uh, this is good news. Again, um, week zero, there's nothing to compete with. By week three, um, there will be. So to, for Nebraska to be picked in that game, a traditional rivalry. Uh, and then the best part about it is that Oklahoma fans are so tired of week uh, <laughs> big noon games, I should say, that they're this moving works conference. works in our favor. The whole, you know, the whole school's done yeah. with it. Now, they, they're more upset about the home games, like last year's big noon game there. Um, but uh, to have this in, in Nebraska, I think that's awesome. Um, it's, again, Fox's primary game of the day. Would, would be very cool to be played really at any time on a national broadcast. You know, I don't really, you know, as long as it's national, that's what you're going for. But, um, you know, a night game for Nebraska, Oklahoma would, would have been cool too. Um, but that big noon slot is heavily uh, advertised and, uh, <laughs> and promoted throughout the week. Um, so, uh, you know, if Nebraska takes care of business, should be on their first three-game winning streak under Scott Frost. And, and, a, and a big chance, you said it before, Nebraska beats Oklahoma in that game. You'll say they're back. I don't know if I absolutely that far, will. just because of the questions. <laughs> There's a few questions with the Oklahoma program that I would have if, the, if they lose that, uh, that early on to Nebraska. But they will definitely be ranked. They'll be definitely back in the rankings, Nebraska would be. And uh, one of the teams to watch early on if they can beat Oklahoma. So uh, that's a big game of note that I'm excited for. That was announced today. Uh, the one that I'm not so excited for is, once again, Nebraska-Iowa on Black Friday Lands on BTN. A 3 p.m. kickoff. Kickoff mm. Kickoff time's fine. Um, but BTN is not as, you know, they, they, can, uh, they can label it as a, a national TV broadcast. But um, you got to, you know, you got to get the sports package for that <laughs> in most regions. Yep. And uh, it's just kind of sad. Nebraska on Black Friday 
has been a longstanding tradition, obviously, um, something that John Eichhorst didn't quite understand when he was athletic director here. Um, but it's, uh, it's just kind of sad to see that rivalry uh, go to BTN. And it's nothing against BTN. Trust me, I love BTN. <laughs> and Oklahoma fans comparatively would, too. I mean, you just, I, I think because you've been there for 10 years, you just kind of get used to it and complain about, you know, some of the angles and not, lack of broadcasters right. and some of the extra b- baseball games they throw out there and softball games. So I get that. There's frustrations. It's not the best network out there. Um, but... You know, as a pair compared to like Oklahoma, who's been going through it, they, the Texas had the Longhorns network, obviously, for the longest time. So the Big 12 didn't have a dedicated network. So if you wanted to watch Oklahoma softball or I mean, you'd have to hope, which is really good, by the way, mm-hmm. or but any of those of those other sports or even basketball, you know, we, we take that for granted. There's a lot of basketball games on BTN. So I absolutely love BTN for what it is. I just feel like I want the Nebraska Iowa rivalry to trend, you know, go above that and. You know, the way that it works, sometimes the networks get uh, their, their picks of the games. I don't know exactly what it is, you know, with, from the whole schedule. Um, but just as an example, Fox will get a pick of five, and then uh, ABC will get a pick of five, and then uh, BTN will get one. And uh, so that's kind of how it, well, this how it is goes, a- something along that line. And so, you know, BTN, do, it does value this, and so that's good. But I would love to see it return, especially on, on Black Friday, where there's just not that much competition, similar to Week Zero for the nation to be kind of focused in on the Nebraska. Well, Iowa let me rivalry. ask you this, though, Bach. I don't know if there's any truth to this, but say Nebraska and Iowa were my prediction competing for the Big Ten West title. So this game is basically the deciding factor. Are they able to flex that game out of the Big Ten network? I'm assuming that it would be Fox if that were to happen. But yeah. I wouldn't be – again, I, I'm a little bit upset that it's Big Ten network too. It's not a nationally televised game. But I'm pretty sure that that game can 100% be flexed if it did come down to the wire, and that's basically deciding the Big Ten West. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm not I'm not sure, completely sure on that. I know that they have – um, some other games, the game that they that they announced today, they have a time. They kind of that means they're kind of zeroing in on which network it will be uh, among the networks that they own. Obviously, um, I, I think that, that that's possible. Um, and uh, you know, especially like you said, if the, like the parent company Fox wants to to get a hold of it, yeah. then maybe they could do so. Um, but I'm assuming, you know, once they announce it like this, it's a you know, it's pretty set that way. So, you know, I'd, I'd have a hard time imagining if both teams were undefeated or, you know, it was a game <laughs> of that magnitude that it'd be on BTN. Um, but I don't know. I'd have to ask ask about that. Um, I haven't seen, I don't believe, a BTN game flexed. Um, you know, I mean, because you could go to FS1. That, that could be an easy crossover. Fox yeah. usually has. I mean, the reason why um, their big game is at big noon is they probably have some other programming going on at that time, so um, unless they have a Pac-12 game once in a while, sometimes on Saturdays, but yeah, I, I could see it. Um, I just, I, I don't, I don't necessarily envision that. I even think if it comes down to the Big West, uh, Big Ten West, there, um, unless there is a playoff, you know. I mean, that's a big game, ahead, though. I don't know if they'll switch you you got to imagine, though, if it's Nebraska competing for a Big Ten West championship or Big Ten West title, then I mean, when's the last time Nebraska's done that? The, the, the amount of eyes that are going to be on that game, I would just be stunned if they were able to just leave that game on the Big Ten Network. Again, I could be very wrong, but as rabid of a fan base that Nebraska is, and then 
put on top of that their lack of success for better words over the past few seasons I would just be very surprised if they were competing for that Big Ten West title especially if it's a game that decides it right because you could very well go into that game and whoever wins that game and we've seen it in other conferences before I'm not sure if it's happened in the Big Ten recently but you could seriously go into that game and the winner decides who represents the Big Ten West and goes to the Big Ten Championship. Yeah, I just I don't know if on rivalry weekend, even the Big Ten West being on the line is going to change that. You know, right. there's going to be games with Michigan, Ohio State, obviously, is going to be right. that weekend, Alabama, Auburn, all the great. It's my favorite weekend, honestly, one of my favorite weekends in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and But part of that was always because Nebraska played against Colorado in my day or Oklahoma back in the day um, on ABC. And, and it just kind of felt like, okay, this is the time slot. This is part of the, the tradition. This is what I do every Thanksgiving uh, and it's just kind of faded away with Nebraska's brand fading away. But Nebraska's brand hasn't faded away completely. There are still indications that it's, it's strong there. And uh, part of that is some of the other listings that I should uh, bring up that were announced today. Uh, game times, I should say. Uh, Nebraska-North Dakota in week one. Week two for Nebraska. Uh, but week one in the college football schedule after week zero is going to be 2.30 on BTN. Um, and what I do with these games, I always just kind of worry about what games <laughs> I'm going to be missing because I'm watching Nebraska-North <laughs> right. North Dakota. Um, Georgia and Oregon will be going on. So uh, okay. if you were really looking forward to that one, sorry. You're, you're, you're going to have to choose. You're out of luck. Or flip back and forth or DVR or whatever. But oh, the, the important thing is that uh, that weekend, Ohio State, Notre Dame's at 630. So oh, wow. that's the one I'm looking yeah. forward to a little bit more. So uh, uh, that's that's good news there. Uh, week two, Nebraska, Georgia Southern, 630 on FS1. Again, this is an indication to me of Nebraska's brand. Um, you, like you said, Nebraska's got a lot of eyes on it. Um, I don't know if this would be the case. You know, Indiana's been in those time slots before, but I don't know if this would be the case if it's Indiana, Georgia, Southern. Nebraska obviously carries that. um, And to get a national broadcast, FS1 is shown on, you know, in more cable packages than BTN. Um, So, you know, that's good news. I think there's something to be said, too, Bach, that by all indications, Nebraska will be 2-0 going into that game. If they win, ultimately you're 3-0. and So I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was tons of advertisement, advertisements throughout the game that's teasing oh, yeah. that big noon Oklahoma-Nebraska. I think that might be more than anything is just kind of getting the, the word out there that you're going to have two undefeated teams playing each other. They're probably both going to be ranked. You like that? You like what I just said there, Buck? Yeah. <laughs> get, your, get your money ready. Buy me some chicken wings. But, that, but You're probably going to have two teams ranked, or if not ranked, Nebraska will probably be close to it. So I think more than anything, this is just highly anticipating, and it'll be interesting to see, too, if they lay an egg on that Northwestern game, does that get flexed? I, that's what we see more than anything. I feel like it isn't necessarily the channel, but you can flip up the time slots of a couple games. I know they do it in the NFL all the time. It's a little bit more rare in college football, but it does happen. If they lay an egg on Northwestern, we might be having a different discussion. I don't even know. Like, <laughs> We'll get back to it, too. I don't even know how to describe the ramifications of, of losing to Northwestern. Uh, you know, it's, it's like they, they put all their eggs in this basket. We've said this before, and it turned out the, the, the wrong, you know, the start of just an uh, incredibly frustrating season yeah. last year against Illinois. This time you actually are traveling halfway across the world. <laughs> it's not, it, you know, so, you know, they put a lot into this. Uh, and then I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure as you as they try to sell tickets, as they try to get fans to go over there, how much that might have played into their decision to keep Frost in general. I, do, I don't think it's a heavy percentage, but I think that there's 
probably some something to that to a degree as well. Um, it, you know, in, in, I was just listening to, uh, you know, what, what Rico and, and Nick were saying there uh, is that, uh, you know, there, there are uh, reports or a belief out there that Northwestern might have a bit of a turnaround season. Um, I think their schedule's tough. I think that they're starting from a, a, a dark place. Yeah. Brandon Joseph, their one kind of big-time star, transferred over uh, to Notre Dame, one of the best safeties in the nation, yeah. and, and he proved that. He was a freshman All-American last year. Didn't have the chance to show that off as much with a, a pretty poor team around him. Um, Northwestern's got a lot to do to improve, uh, but they do have a potential – quarterback that can move a little bit. I, I think he's a, he's a young quarterback. You keep not, bringing not this up, Buck. Northwestern's yeah. going to be bad. Come on. The reason I'm telling you this is because Nebraska historically <laughs> has had problems with what a lot of defenses do uh, with mobile quarterbacks. And, you know, that kind of can throw a different wrench out there and, and just to kind of keep it close. Is Debra- and, and the other thing is Nebraska should not be expected to be in midseason form. And that's why I'm fascinated by the game, too, is how would Nebraska fans or the administration react We've, you know, you've joked about it before about just leaving Frost back in Ireland. <laughs> I don't think that that's. Gonna I don't be know the case. if that's the case, but but I mean, it yeah. does put you on as thin of ice as you could have for the first, you know, next few games. I mean, it's not even on thin ice because here's here's the reality: if you're if you lose against Northwestern. Again, uh, the milkman says Nebraska playing the North North Dakota. That's really good. No, that's North Dakota State. They uh, won the past, I don't know, four of the last five FCS titles or something. I think JMU got one in there. Uh, no, it's not North Dakota State. So they're playing North Dakota, the far worst North Dakota school. Right. If you lose against Northwestern, you assume that you're going to beat South Dakota. Um, excuse me, uh, uh, North Dakota and Georgia Southern. I don't have much confidence then going into that Oklahoma game. And then if you're sitting at two and two and then your big ten games you split and we're sitting maybe three and three, three and four, I think that might do it. And and I and I know that's tough to say, but at some point we can't just have the same trend, right? I I, I think at this point if, if if Scott Frost is going six and six, I don't know if that's enough to save it at this point. Because it, it, we've been told uh, again, this is just the, the, through the rumor mill that eight wins is the number. And if you look at the schedule, eight wins is very doable. Will that happen? I have no idea. But I don't think six and six is going to cut it. And if you're in the direction of a six and six season, especially with that gauntlet that you played end when you go Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, if you're already sitting at three and four, what, what, what makes you believe that you're going to win those three games? So you're probably going to end at a five and seven, six and six record. And I think that it would probably be done sooner than later. Yeah, I I, um, I I don't know. I don't know if I would agree with that. I think that, and that that's interesting. Is what is that metric that we exactly from from Trev Alberts, and and so you you kind of have to just try to find that yourself. I this is a, a team that is not going to have a lot of people depart from it after this year. There's not a lot of seniors. There's not a lot of key seniors. If you go six and six, I know it's not what you want, and and I never wanted to drop the standard to begin with, but it is where you're at. If you I'd have agree Scott with that. Frost's best season, going six and six, making a bowl game with a young team, with a completely new staff that I think you know you'd have to at least see parts of uh, you know potential there from Whipple and and Joseph and all those guys. I don't know if you'd want to want to cut. But to your credit, though, odd. Bach, if you're sitting at six and six with the the schedule the way that it's currently constructed. I would probably make the argument, again, it depends on how it looks on the field. There could be some close games. I would make the argument that the team last year was better than the current team if they do go 6-6. Six and six. Because if you look at those six wins, they're going to be against your 
North Dakota's, Georgia Southern, I'm assuming Northwestern, and then maybe Indiana. So that's four right there. Those are teams that you beat Northwestern last year. You won your two games against your out-of-conference opponents that, again, subpar opponents. You won against Buffalo and Fordham. So those are your three wins. You add another with Indiana who you didn't play last season. You sprinkle in two more. You could make the argument that that 3-9 football team is better. When do you have the cutoff in saying enough is enough, even if we are reaching the 6-6 six and six record, where's the direction of the program? Because the way that the schedule is constructed, you have the transfer portal sitting at the 6th ranked team in the country when it comes to transfer portal recruiting, and then you have some guys coming back that made, a, that made an impact last season. Your improvements, coaching staff, quarterback, we've gone into that extensively. I don't know if 6-6 six and six is going to be enough to do it. Yeah, I, I'm not sure either. I, I, I know that that's... that's uh... It, it, it's somewhat of a controversial statement, but I don't think it is this year, is that usually when you would say, you know, you can have a better team with a, a worse record. I think we all can identify that that team, it, it, you know, it was a good team. if you win four and eight or five and seven this year, with this schedule, you're probably worse than last year's team. But we can all identify last year's team was, was not bad, just could not close for the life of it. Would do everything it could to get in its own way of winning a game, which is part of being a good team, by the way. Um, so, you know, take that into your evaluation as, as you run with it, too. But um, I, I think that it, it, it does. It, it, I mean, it just depends on how it looks. There's no other way of putting it. If you get an upset victory over Michigan and go six and six, then yes, you're having other times where you're frustrated about dropping one to Indiana or something. But if you have some, you know, something late and we call it, we talk about that gauntlet. What is your record? I mean, who, what if you're seven and five, six and six, and you win two of the last three games? Then, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, so there's a lot of ways that this yeah. can break down and they need to do something, you know, whether it's get that big win against Michigan or whoever ends up being, you know, Oklahoma, whoever ends up being, one of the top teams that they play this year. That's what we project now. You never know how the season plays out. At least beat a Wisconsin. At least beat an Iowa um, to kind of get that monkey off your back because that's been, been yeah. a huge yeah, a, a huge problem. Nebraska has not been able to overcome. And the Big Ten West might be dead. I mean, that's the saddest thing about <laughs> yeah, it. I don't know is, about that. That might be a little bit excessive. Well, and what I'm saying is that the Big Ten West is going, you know, with this whole uh, into the future when we're looking at divisionless football is that the Big Ten West might be on its last year. If they go through the whole period of the Big Ten West without beating Iowa or Wisconsin, that's going to be quite – I mean, yeah. it's already embarrassing. There's nothing you can do about that it. Would be, that would be bad. But again, I mean, there's just a lot on the line. If there's politics. a year to do it, I think it would be this year. Uh, we'll see. Craig says most likely into Sooners 1-2. and two. That would be an absolute dumpster fire. I think that would be – Basically, worst-case scenario. Obviously, 0-3 is worst-case yeah. scenario, but I don't see any way, shape, or form that Nebraska's 0-3 going to that Oklahoma game. I mean, I pray to God that that's not the case because I think bad things will be happening in Lincoln, Nebraska. Rico says, I know Rico's a huge Pat Fitzgerald fan, but he says Fitz doesn't have back-to-back -back bad years. He generally doesn't. There's something to be said for that, but when you look at Northwestern, the way they're currently constructed, the roster, the – movement in the transfer portal like you mentioned Bach I just don't envision Northwestern being a very good team I just don't well and they're also I mean they've also had you know years where they bounce back but they generally are one of those teams that's kind of slow out of the gate too like they play Miami of Ohio they might lose that game you know <laughs> we, I mean right. and that you know Minnesota did last year that's kind of you know the the you know, when you mock the Big Ten West, you know that's kind of what you go for is you know at you know they've had some embarrassing non-con losses. 
to get the year going. And then by midseason, you're like, man, that, that team's actually pretty solid. Uh, even in the year they won the Big Ten West, the, you know, I think pretty they, started sure they started. They lost to an FCS school or something like that. It might not have been that yeah. bad, but they lost to a team that wasn't very good and then ended up right. winning like seven, eight in a row to end the season. Well, and the other thing, too, is that Northwestern, um, the difference between their <laughs> the difference between their five and seven teams and their nine and four teams or, you know, after they go to the, the bowl game um, isn't that much. Right. You know, it's, it's just a few plays here and there like we've been kind of been seeing with Nebraska. I'm not saying they have the same talent that Nebraska did last year, um, but usually it's just kind of like close games, close calls. Didn't do this, didn't do that. And so, you know, it's, it's generally kind of the same team. That's what I say about Wisconsin a lot, right? Whether they go 10-2 and two or 7-5, and five, you know, it's right. just a, a, a few different plays. Well, that's the thing, too, the way. to your this point. Year, though, I just want to say this year Northwestern um, isn't necessarily in that position. Like, they were bad last year. They weren't like – got smacked by Nebraska. They weren't like Northwestern bad no. where they were kind of close and didn't make the right plays here. They were They were pretty rough. And it was – you look at the Nebraska game, that's a perfect example. And then everyone says, so we lost to Illinois. What's going to stop us from being Northwestern? People forget that Illinois beat Northwestern by like 35. I mean, Illinois blew them out too. So the, let's not act like this is the same situation. I think that it would be as bad as that Illinois loss was, yes. But I would take it one step further. Like Northwestern is a bad football team. Illinois had a couple good wins. I mean, they beat Nebraska. They beat Penn oh, yeah. State on the road, I believe, and was that seven overtime game or whatever. And the first it was. year of his of his program, that, exactly. I mean, that that's what you're kind of worried about is that Pat Fitzgerald is rather settled in, right? Um, but again, I think that they've got more of a turnaround ahead of them than the traditional, um, you know, you know, the traditional. Oh yeah, Northwestern never has two bad seasons. They follow. You know, I I think that this year is going to be different, and and so I think do think Nebraska gets that. And it's just hard, though. Like, what percentage of faith do you have that Nebraska started three and zero? Let us know that. You know, let us know on the yeah. text line four zero two four six four five six eight five. What is your faith that Nebraska starts three and zero? Because you know, like Craig said, not everybody's on the same page there. And Scott Frost hasn't won three. Uh, let's take a quick break here. We are live from the Double Eagle uh, Golf, actually, inside the Kinetic Sports Complex on West O Street. It is just awesome, guys. Get out here. There are five uh, golfing bays out here. Sorts. Sorensen's there ready to take a shot here. He's on hole 13. Oh, he's putting. <laughs> we'll see. His putting has been a struggle. It's kind of keeping him back. He's uh, plus 14, I think, at this time. Um, but uh, some of the bays are filling out uh, up. And if you guys, if you're off work, you want to give it a shot, come on out here. Double Eagle Golf is just awesome. Uh, five different golf bays out here. So uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll, uh, let's finish off the uh, scheduled announcements. Uh, excuse me, not the announced, the game times announced. And the, in this, on the networks for some of them, we'll continue this talk. Let us know what you guys think about a 3-0 start. How much confidence do you have in that for Nebraska? Uh, we'll talk about that coming up next here on the Ticket Water Cooler, live from Double Eagle, Double Eagle Golf.